Hi, I'm Joe Simonetta, and I'm here with Jackson Clark, and this is our third ever MLB Baseball Podcast. And first, we're going to update from last podcast uh, on the topic of juiced baseballs. It's been a year plus since the suspicion of the baseballs being juiced. The leader of the Juiced Baseball Association (laughs) is uh, Ben Lindbergh. He's led the way with the juice baseball research, saying the core, yarn, and surface of a baseball has changed. He says that the newer baseballs have higher CORs and lower circumferences and seam heights. And to clarify, COR is coefficient of restitution, which is basically how far a ball bounces off a surface. All right, moving on from the juice baseballs. Back to Tim Tebow when the news was all around him. His first pitch back in A, he had a home run. And he was seeing 90 miles per hour fastballs consistently for a couple of months. And the AA pitcher's 85 mile per hour heater looks pretty easy to hit. Yeah, I mean, if I'm in spring training and major league pitchers are throwing major league stuff and I go back down to double A, the difference in pitching is pretty obvious. And don't let it take away from the fact that he's still batted point zero five six in spring training. That's one for 18. Moving along, Sohio Tani, we thought was overrated. Turns out. He actually has the potential to be one of the greatest players to play the game. As of a couple days ago, he has more home runs than Aaron Judge and more strikeouts than Max Scherzer. He's got more home runs than the entire Tigers team. That's pretty insane. That is a shocker. He also has recorded more strikeouts than Max Scherzer, as we said. He's really showed up. The baseball community was split between him being a great player and him being a bust. And so far, through these first... 10, 11 games he showed out to be a uh, pretty great player. It's just a mystery as to whether it'll continue, but if he keeps playing like he's playing, keeps doing what he's doing, he could have a great career in the MLB. Yeah, he came out of the gate out of spring training with a strong first career start in the MLB, and he came back with a second start just as strong. So we're seeing if he can keep that pace up throughout the season. Yeah, and he's been a pretty great hitter from the plate. And speaking of strikeouts, Max Scherzer, he just had a great game where he recorded his first career stolen base on a shutout. The Nats were in a bit of a slump, getting swept by the Mets, who are having a fantastic season. In that series, the Mets broke the Nats record for 961 days where they were above 500. Still a little aggravated about that, but Scherzer came out, had a great game against the Braves. It's what he says do. He came out, he energized the team. Got them back up. They came back. They got a win off of a strong outing from Steven Strasburg. Lost to the Braves the next game, but played a close one. And he's the first player since Nolan Ryan, actually, to steal a base during a 10-plus strikeout shutout game. That's pretty impressive. That's Hall of Fame-esque, I would say. It is pretty impressive. I'm not sure about Hall of Fame for stealing a base. Well, that's just because you're salty because I'm a Nats fan and you're a Diamondbacks fan. I don't know why I'd be salty then, Jackson. Well... You know, Moving on, back to spring training. The Braves' top prospect, Ronald Acuna Jr., had a very impressive spring training. He's hit 432 with four home runs, a double, and 11 RBIs, and 44 at-bats with 19 hits. Yeah, those were recorded in spring training. He had an on-base percentage and slugging percentage that were second highest of anyone this spring. And it was a real mystery as to why the Braves didn't bring him up for the season. We predict that at some point the Braves will have to bring him up and he will become a fantastic player, which scares me in my nuts. But, you know, let the kid play. He had a great spring, and I'm excited to see what he brings to the table when he gets the call. I agree with that. I feel 
as the Braves rebuild and get better, he's going to fit right in perfectly with that lineup. He flashes leather in the outfield. He's pretty fast also, so expect him on the base path. Yeah, speaking of free agents, trades, and signings, and moving players around, Jose Altuve signed a five-year, $151 million extension last month. The extension will not kick in until the year 2020, when he would have been in free agency, and it's guaranteeing him $30 million a year for two years until open market. That's a big contract for someone so small, I must say. You know, but he's coming off an MVP season. He hasn't had the best of starts so far in 2018, but he'll probably kick it up a notch. The Astros most likely will be another team to watch in the AL. Yeah, Jose LTV, he's not off to a rough start, but, you know, as Carlos Correa and everyone start to carry the Astros, you'll definitely see them in the mix in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the Astros have a great roster, and Jose Altuve plays a big part in that. And it'll be fun to see what he brings to the table in 2020 and beyond. So, moving on, we're going to get right into our hot takes. We believe, or I believe at least, the Mets will actually be the team to watch in the NL East if they can avoid injury. Noah Syndergaard has been pretty unstoppable. Same with that uh, poodle Jacob deGrom. But, you know, they have a history of getting injured but they started out the year 10 and 1 and it looks like they have the potential to be a real competitor in the NL East which is slowly but surely becoming an increasingly more competitive division in baseball. The Mets aren't the only team to have an impressive start. The other surprisingly successful teams so far this year include the Diamondbacks which are 7 and 2 and I know you're a huge Diamondbacks fan growing up in Arizona for a little bit. Of course, that's why I would disagree with the Mets, even though they're eight and one. I don't know if they can hold that right now. Oh, ten and one now. Diamondbacks are actually eight and three, so they did take a loss or three losses, but they've won their four straight series that they've played, and they have swept the Dodgers already this season, Jackson. So, yeah, but the Dodgers also lost sixteen to six to the Oakland Athletics, which is not impressive. Another team that has surprised us are the Pirates. They've had a pretty good start and everyone kind of thought going into the season that this would be a down year after getting rid of Andrew McCutcheon to the Giants who hit a walk-off home run a couple days ago which is pretty impressive but uh that was kind of a surprise going into the year I agree I didn't think the Pirates have come off so strong the, the last few seasons they kind of start in the middle and worked away from there yeah and uh another team that's really showed up this year are the Blue Jays They've had a pretty impressive year so far. They were 7-4 and four as of a couple days ago, and they have the potential to be a big factor in the AL. So moving right along to the news, the MLB is implementing the extra inning rule in the minors. So minor league games and extra innings will start with a runner on second base, and the rule was included in the World Baseball Classic. What are your opinions? I honestly think... There's no good, this isn't a good rule for the minor leagues. Even though it's putting it in the minor leagues and then you test it out there, and then if it works, you implement it into the majors. I don't feel it's a good idea because say that guy at second base just gets picked off, then you already have an out just like that free. Um, I see that it might speed up games and uh, keep you from getting in those extra innings, but I don't know. The rule messes up the flow of the game a little bit, or not a little bit, a lot of bit, and it's not authentic baseball. It's not real baseball, I think. I can see why it would be used in the World Baseball Classic. A lot of 
countries care about it. The U.S. didn't really seem to care that much, even though they won. But I just feel like it's not real. It's not good baseball. I have to agree with that. I feel extra innings in a game of baseball just... It's more baseball. What can you what can you be mad about about you know? So I just this rule kind of just takes that away, and it goes with the pitch clock speeding up games because people will say baseball is too slow of a moving game to watch. I just disagree with it as a baseball player. Yeah. So moving right along, Mike Rizzo has signed a two-year extension with the Nationals, and you may think. That's just Jackson talking about his Nationals again. But this plays a huge role when it comes to the offseason next year. Because now Mike Rizzo is committed to the Nationals for two years, and he could attempt to bring Bryce Harper back. That is pretty big because he's the arguably the biggest name to go into free agency next year. Coming up, we actually have a suspicion that the umpires are becoming NBA refs. They've become increasingly more sensitive to players. Last year, there was a debacle over Adrian Beltre not standing in the on-deck circle. They were losing by about 10 runs, and he wasn't standing in the on-deck circle. The only reason Rangers fans were still there because they wanted to see Adrian Beltre hit again. He was so close to that 3,000 hit mark, which he reached later in the season, and he got ejected because he moved the on-deck circle, and it was quite comical. But is that really reason for ejection? Like, those fans, they're, they just witnessed a pounding, a murder. Their team just got absolutely demolished. And they're only there to watch one guy hit, and you're just going to toss him out when they're so close to seeing him. And just recently, Anthony Rendon was tossed for flipping his bat after a controversial strike three call. He turned around. He didn't say a word to the umpire, and he gets tossed. I don't think that that's good baseball. Because they lost that game. Rendon could have played a huge factor in that game. He struck out, but he's been having a great start to the season. He's probably the one of the more underrated third basemen in the league. And it's just not good baseball. Dave Martinez got tossed also, which, you know, you expect your manager to come out and defend your player when he gets ejected for no good reason. These ejections, I feel, are pointless, uh, especially because some of them are just the umpires not wanting to deal with their crap, even if the attitude isn't directed towards them. You can have an attitude be down on yourself, and if you show any emotion, and it looks like it's anywhere near towards the umpire, you can get tossed. That's the risk you're taking nowadays. Yeah, and part of the reason that people aren't interested in baseball is because it's a very timid sport. No, there aren't. Whenever a player shows a lot of emotion, they're considered to be you know, acting out, not being, not having proper baseball etiquette. Well, people are watching football games where they're just letting all these new celebrations slide. In NBA games, they're just letting, uh, they're letting players celebrate however they want. There's real emotion involved with other sports. And when you take a baseball game and you remove all the emotion, it just makes it more boring. It makes it worse for fans that already don't like it to watch it. And I feel baseball is more of an emotion emotional sport if you know what you're watching honestly i'm just out of words for this one it's just bad baseball robots are just took a major step in becoming a part of uh umpire umpiring in major league baseball on a lighter note during the national anthem about a week ago during the twins mariners game the eagles that the twins released targeted the starting pitcher for the mariners james paxton who stood in the outfield for the pledge and he handled it pretty well. He bent down a little bit. The eagle landed on his back, and he walked his way up towards his shoulder while he slowly walked up. Sadly, the eagle flew away just before they had a, a great picture moment. 
but that's that's just America at its finest. That's baseball. That's America's pastime. That's a great, great top. All right, so back to the pace of play things. So a lot of fights have been breaking out in the league from Yadier Molina fighting a uh, manager for another team to Nolan Arenado charging the mound and a Yankees brawl breaking out. And if the league wants to cut down on pace of play, they really need to increase the penalty for fighting because if fighting takes up a lot of time when it comes to MLB bench clearing brawls, and they're exciting to watch for a little bit, but if they really want to cut down on fights, they need to increase the penalty for fighting. It's not hockey anymore. It's not the 80s. You can't just start a brawl and ex- expect to walk away clean with it. I kind of agree with it, and I don't at the same time because I feel like the fights are broken up pretty quickly. They're probably getting a few punches, uh, benches clear, and then maybe in the next five minutes they're already back to their dugouts. So, well, Like in other sports, fights are actual fights. They last like a good minute or two. These Brawls I see, like seem to be broken up pretty quickly. I I see where you're coming from, and sometimes I think maybe a brawl should happen. Like if your guy nails one other guy because he slid into your second baseman, that's just protecting your player. And if a brawl breaks out after that, so be it. But uh, I think if your pitcher hits a guy because he slid into your second baseman to break up a double play too hard, I understand. If you nail him on the next pitch, you, next pitch you see him. But some some of these brawls, like the Yadier Molina one, that was the bench is cleared because of a strike call. I I just don't see the reason for that. Yeah, that wasn't a reason to have a bench clearing brawl. All it was was a little chirping between Yadier Molina and uh, Tori Lovello for the Diamondbacks. Uh, and as I recall, Tori was talking to the umpire, and I guess uh, Molina overheard something he said. Maybe it was about him the pitcher, or just the strikes, and uh, Milino was just protecting the umpire. So the fights happen, and they're over with in, like, two minutes. And then after that, the players are just standing on the field for, like, five minutes, not sure what to do. And, like, that's a lot of time to be wasted on something silly like a misfired pitch or something like that. That I do agree with. This is going to wrap up our third-ever MLB baseball podcast. I'm Joe Simonetta. I'm Jackson Clark. Cheers. Cheers.